so, so okay, because I was just thinking about Lord of the Rings recently, and I can't remember. Oh my god, I think I had a dream about Lord of the Rings last night. Um, but it was weirdly sexual. Ah, you know what it was? I was, yeah. I'm not sure where the sex in this comes from, but I must have had sexual oh feelings. Gosh. I was in um, the Hudson Bay, like that New York is on. Okay. Um, and I was on some rocks and stuff. And then I oh was um, talking to a friend. I can't remember who I was with, but then just, I just started, I was saying something. And then all of a sudden I realized what I was saying. And then I was just like, all right, I'll, I'll go with it. And it, what it was, was instead of a dark Lord, you would have a queen, not dark, but beautiful and terrible as the dawn, stronger than the foundations of the earth, treacherous as the seas, all shall love me and despair. Yeah. <laughs> and I said the whole thing. And, like, and the other person was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Galadriel's speech for when, when Frodo like that, uh, yeah, off, yeah. offers her the ring. <laughs> yes, I know because I was I, I, you've, I, you've said this, you've joked with this before, so obviously it's in your subconscious. So it's it's so funny when like um things as a uh, perform like it's so funny when these aspects of you being a performer come into like your daily life in some sort of mundane way because they come in obviously like at full force, gig ready stage ready and you're like just in Cowfland. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I did this where I sang <laughs> I, I can't remember who I was with but I sang Let It Go in like the 25 language version because I know I know oh like my God. I, know, oh my God. I learned yeah. it from lip sync and so I was like do you want to hear me sing a song in 25 languages and were you I at just, an after party no I, like, oh I my can't God. remember what, I think I was drinking with someone it's been a long time since I was at an after party. Actually, the last time I was an, at an after party was in two, October 2019. Oh my god! Yeah, I think that was the last time I went to a club. Oh no, I went to clubs in Australia at the start of last year. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. This thing that yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden you like yeah. it was so funny. I was just in Bremen on the weekend, and like this guy in a bar said something, and then I said something back, and he was like you know what? You should be a drag queen because you, <laughs> <laughs> because you're really fast. You're like Trixie Mattel. You've got this really quick. <laughs> he said you're like Trixie Mattel. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I get that a lot. Actually. <laughs> 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 no, but I was like, I am a drag queen actually. And then, and then he was like, what really? And I was like, yeah, it's my job. It's like my full-time job. And he was like, he was like Baba Shookus. He, yeah. Um, were you actually in drag at the time? Because the way you do it is so minimal, it's hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I wasn't in drag. I was, I was, I was dressed as uh, the person who is not in drag. That is me. Oh, I don't know what I was trying to say there, but I, what, yeah, I because you were like, drag. you were like, basically, you knew literally anything you were gonna say. I was gonna yell like, "That is you in drag." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that could very well be true. Yeah, um, and I'm, that would have. Yeah, mm, no, go on. I interrupted. Uh, I was gonna segue into um, if you have something to say, speak now. Or realistically, never hold your peace. <laughs> I will never. I will never. <laughs> I will never. Kiki and Herb in uh, Kiki and Herb at Carnegie Hall says like people say silence is golden. Silence isn't golden. Silence is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, great. 
Yeah, but it's kind of funny. What well, it's also is, uh, dear listeners, just before you uh, just before you came on, I, I said to Olympia, you know, I've noticed that I make life quite difficult for myself. And Olympia just, <laughs> what did you say? I said, oh, so you're you're only noticing that now, <laughs> because like perspective is everything. But from someone who's not you, but is quite close to you, uh, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was abundantly to, obvious. It's apparent to me for quite some time. <laughs> Well, yeah, this is, I mean, yeah, because it's also the thing is, right, is that basically I make life quite difficult for myself and I sort of a pattern. I find actually I hold a lot of tension in my body as well, like always. And also mentally, I mentally produce tension as kind of this mind, mind having a mind-body experience. And then also as I realised that Dragon Clubs is a way of like, I actually, one of the simple things is by just wearing heels, you automatically make, you free up a lot of contracted muscle in the back of your leg, basically, and it makes you more limber. And you can move around more. And also as well that then like within drag, you can kind of just like let every, you can just let go of so many things. So seeing this like really difficult life and then just going and like just exploding uh, in drag and in clubs and stuff. And I was kind of a bit like, how will I ever, So, I, but for a long time I wanted to maybe move away from clubs in certain ways or something like that. And I was like, how on earth? Will I ever manage to accomplish that though? I just can't imagine it. And a two year pandemic will do that. Yeah. <laughs> two yeah. Now I'm just like, oh, I just like, it's like just grown very, very far uh, apart and stuff. I'm at the point where I find dinner parties overwhelming, you know, or like, you know, like I ask them to turn down the music when I'm getting a massage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like this yeah. new age chimes and stuff. I'm like, oh, is this techno? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone's playing like a Gregorian chant and I'm like, oh, death metal, I can't stand it. <laughs> God. Yeah, like, get your head out the club, people. <laughs> Oh, they're playing. There's the more to life than just bad guys. Yeah, it's more like that, yeah. <laughs> and it's like this chanting, medieval chanting in Latin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how does your cello sound to you? Like playing a fire alarm? Like yeah. what? At, like at times when my nerves are frayed, it does. It does. And, yeah. you know, sometimes that can be quite alarming, which brings us a scary evening. <laughs> Brings us to our topic for the month. But before we get into that, I am Queen of the Heavens and of the Earth, Empress of Despair, Architect of Your Eternal Suffering, Olympia Bukakis. And I'm the resulting mess that emerged from that sex dream, oozing glue. <laughs> and you're listening to our podcast, Slurry! <laughs> so, um, what is our topic for this month, oozing oh. gloop? Uh, it is well uh, 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 why did I just I got very confused there it's a very simple question and that's because uh, sometimes simple questions are the most confusing yeah like like um Hey, that's not a question. No, but you remember one time you were doing research for a show and you asked a bunch of drag queens to do things for it. And you asked, at the very beginning, you asked the question, what is your name? And that oh was my a, God. Yeah, you provided like got, a two paragraph answer. And it was your most interesting answer. And it was like, yeah, two paragraphs. And I, at the end, I was like, whew. Okay, <laughs> I have to read the rest of the answers here. I know, but it, like, it got on. It got to the meat of the matter. And I was like, ah, I feel like I covered it all, really. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, to be honest, I find like the what is your name? What um what is your name? What do you do? Or no, what is your name? Where do you come from? What do you do? Like three of just like the worst, most annoying questions because they're just like just, just... <laughs> what is your name is the worst, most annoying question. Oh, don't even. <laughs> Don't even. That's so funny. You're like, okay, we, we we just met. We don't need to get that into it. Yeah. Be like, you're not going to remember anyway as well. Let's be real. <laughs> I'm going to remember you. It's also true. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, like there is a certain point at which someone's name becomes relevant and it is a lot later than people think it is. Yeah. Because yeah. I think excuse me is usually like, it's it's good enough for the first couple of years. Babes. <laughs> Babes. Babes. Yeah. Babes, darling, pedal, honey, sugar plum. Yeah. 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 Or. Coward. Yeah. <laughs> Oi, tit. Tit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, tit. Or pumpkin, which brings us to our theme. It's October, and therefore, the people, the fucking people watching this have already read the title of the Spotify thing, so they know what the theme is anyway. Maybe they haven't read it. Maybe, <laughs> well, they, maybe, they need, maybe they need you to, to say it aloud. It's Halloween! It's a Halloween special! It's October. It's spooky season. It's spooky and it's spooky and all those spooky things. And Olympia's pulling a face because why? <laughs> because you are so excited about this thing <laughs> and you're doing such a good job of introducing it and your enthusiasm is just fascinating to me because I think this is the <laughs> shittest theme in the world. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> but I, I, oh my I, God. I, but like, the reason I agree to it is because you're so into it that I just, I think, I think there's like, I, I just, I'm happy to watch you being so into it. <laughs> I know, but the joke is that I, and I, I want to dissect why you aren't into it okay we have two we have two we have two self-proclaimed drag queens here who in actuality just sit around wearing well we're both in full makeup and like huge sky high wigs right now so actually we are real drag queens and, um, mm -hmm. yeah i'm in my usual sky high yeah uh, sky high wig yeah 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 there's two small cherubs holding up your dress either side Mm -hmm. Jay Barry yeah. Matthews is still making an alteration in the back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jay. Hi, Jay. So, yeah. No, anyway, two self proclaimed drag queens here. And one of us, like, and I was under the impression that Halloween was drag queen Christmas or just gay Christmas. And you are not into Halloween. Like, what is going on? Well, it's not a big thing in Australia. Like, it seems like a very American holiday. Um, and when I started getting into drag, I remember this thing that was like the club kids said that they never went out on Halloween because that was when everyone else tried, did a bad job of what they did professionally. Um, but like, I guess it's just not such a big thing in Australia and it just feels really American to me. Oh my God. But like, it's like spooky season. It's like skeletons and like, which did you not? Okay. When you were growing up, did you not watch like scary cartoons and things like the Addams Family? I remember watching the Addams Family and like feeling strangely attracted to Morticia and Wednesday. And now I realize that that is what, that's, that's a little thing we call gender. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like my, my ideal self looks like a cross between Morticia and Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So then also as well, like, oh my God. So it's like, then like, did you not like just dress up as Morticia Adams for Halloween when you were younger? No, I mean, I never dressed up for Halloween. Oh my God. Like, okay. So you like, but like, do, but like, I don't really know. It's also just like, I thought, 
Halloween goes so hard in London. It's ridiculous. Really? But, um, yes. But the thing is, though, is it's also, it's it's not, but not in this, like, American way. Like, not this, like, trickle. When I was growing up, it, you didn't, like, trickle treat. There wasn't these things. But it was this time, Halloween is customary to celebrate all that is spooky and to get all the kind of, like, creepy sort of, like, little characters out and do all these things. Did you watch, did you have, like, Tales of the Crypt Keeper when you were growing up? I think I remember that from when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember there was one, there was an episode with like two conjoined twins and in an ice cream truck and one of them died or something. And like, but maybe that was, it sounds very adult, you know, I I don't know. But also like, I don't know, I remember being sort of like traumatized by spooky films when I was a kid. Like, um... Well, I had my first first panic attack after Saving Private Ryan, but that's not pr- that's not spooky. I think I like I was literally just put into shock from the first scene. Yeah, um, it's like you had literally like from this thing that caused like an entire generation to have PTSD. It yeah. gave you like like movie level, uh, cinema level PTSD. I just after that's like how, I, I had my how, first how panic attack. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let me check. Hey Siri, when did a, uh, shaving Ryan's private. Save saving Private Ryan. Shaving Ryan's privates. 1998. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I was 11 when I saw it. Okay, so but this is this is precisely the crux of why Halloween is fucking great and amazing and wonderful and all this thing. Actual general heterosexual life is awful and terrible and there's like way more like horrible like nasty like things like happening all the time that are like engaged with like uh like these like war movies that gratuitously indulge in like this uh the these imagined heroics and all of these things and like basically are like uh like blowing people apart uh and all of this sort of stuff which is getting this kind of like perverse pleasure from like seeing like the guts and the insides versus a bunch of candy sugar skeletons dancing around and it's kind of like this way of like it's a very like um it's a very palatable form then of the grotesque and then that rather than having this like this it's like we have this entire life run by biopolitics that has this hidden like a seedy necropolitical underside and like um and there's this one time there's like this one time of the year where we as culture say like hey let's get all the skeletons out of the closet and be all the creepy uh kooky nasty things um it's sort of like pride but only the weird fetish part hot that's hot that's great i'm (laughs) I'm here for that but the thing (laughs) is i guess i've just never been at a place where halloween was celebrated in a way that i could really get into like in Berlin, it's it's a purely American phenomenon, and um, uh, and in Australia there was never any sort of thing. But I'm all for like sort of like festivities or rituals or whatever that um, <laughs> uh, that bring the oh my god! I've just the light has hit my wall in a certain way, <laughs> where there's all these handprints, and I'm like, when would handprints be there? Like from, from on the wall. And I think there's sex handprints. That's when your bed used to be. I know the wall. I know where you're looking. That's from the. That's from standing for up on the bed and fucking against the wall. Oh, that's trashy. Just, <laughs> just be like, this is also very. This is like, this is this is this is classic you, Limpy. Be like, okay, be like, 
yeah, okay, I'm entertaining a topic that, like, I'm not that into. Mm, let's talk about interior decor instead, specifically mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what I did. I think I just no- noticed, a, no, you... noticed a sex smear on my A sex smear. <laughs> I got off that. Ooh, a sex smear. Yeah, I think it's basically, it's like, um, it's like goth Christmas. Yeah, and see, like, as I've, um, like, oh my god, as I've started out on my, uh, like, non-binary journey yeah. um, in the last few years, that was when I started to become the goth that I never felt like I could be, because I always thought look, <clears throat> goths looked so beautiful, yeah. and I also take steps to make myself look, like, sick or, like, <laughs> or dead, like, quite often, and I just find it so beautiful, mm. um, and I always found, I, actually, the first boy, I think I've talked about this on this podcast, the first boy that I... Um, remember like having a crush on was my friend's older brother um, and I must have been I was in primary school and he was like 16 and he was like like this like this scrawny sort of nerd with a really big Adam's apple and like dyed black hair <laughs> like with a middle part like it was the 90s um, and um and he was a goth, like he wore yeah, all black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was like, I think he was a Satanist or something. And this oh is in god. rural Australia. And yeah. he was bis- he was bisexual. Oh my gosh. And looking back, his um uh like the the, the the way that he moved and talked, I was like, Oh my god, it's so elegant. And, yeah. and I, I, I want to be like that, but I also want this in a way and I was like prepubescent, so like I, I didn't properly understand what this feeling was. But like I wanted to be like that as well as I wanted to be next to it, and um, and what it turned out was that he was he was a camp goth. Um, oh my god! Yeah, and he's just like, and he like, would say these like cutting bitchy things um, about <laughs> about like to his little brother, and I would be like, oh my god, yes, yes, <laughs> and, oh my and, god, yes. But I could never really get like even though like goths are quite it can be quite androgynous. I couldn't really get into it unless uh, until because you can't really get into an aesthetic when you feel dysphoria around it. I think this is why like so yeah. many trans people um, and non-binary people look so awkward before like transition yeah. is because it's because part of like looking nice is like putting something on and then just like really feeling it or like yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you you need to be like. Um, not dissociated enough to sort of like kind of really do it properly. Yeah. And that's why it's just, it's, it's like, I feel like I spent so much of my life before like walking around like, like, like a kid in a suit or in a big like, gangly monster costume that you don't yeah, feel like exactly. doing on October 31st. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. yeah, so I'm super, super into that. Um, and I'm super into like, yeah. No, I, I have to say, I, Mm-hmm. I have to say we need to do a momentary like is it like we need to do a momentary shout out to uh, some of the the closest strongest allies of your high school queer experience, which is your friend's goth older bisexual brother, because they they like break the heterosexual ice just enough that you can get through a crack and be like I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> they just it's the thing that gives you that modicum of weight. This person can be not straight and accepted. I could also not be straight and be accepted by at least one or two people that you like. You kind of need to like to crack your egg. I only found out later that he was bisexual, though, and I oh. found out because he was attacked by uh, a family friend of mine's son. So oh. it, it didn't oh. really work so much oh. in that way. And it turns out actually, 
I came out when I was staying in the same house as the guy who um, uh, who had attacked this other guy. Um, yeah. But I didn't really know about all of that. But yeah, hectic. So, but yeah. for for me, the the special like the the thing that I take from that memory is just fi- remembering how desirable I thought this guy was. Like it, when I think back, he's still so hot in my memory. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. Like now he's my age. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but however yeah. old that is. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, mysterious nymph age. <laughs> mysterious nymph age. Mysterious yeah. Nymph age. Yeah. I'm 30 mysterious nymph age years yeah. old. <laughs> no, no, no. I think if you're not willing to directly answer the question of how old you are, it means you're definitely not in your 20s. Yeah. Well, I'm 34. Yeah. But the, Does it, that mean I'm in my 20s? Yes. Because I answered it. <laughs> I answered that like that. <laughs> I also, it's very funny as well because it's one of these things. That, I don't know. I remember like going out to clubbing when I was like eighteen and stuff, and people, or seventeen even, and um, people would be like, "Oh, how old are you?" And I'd be like, "Oh, seventeen. I'm snuck in." And they'd be like, "I'm twenty-four. I feel so old." And I remember thinking then at that point, I was like, "If you feel old now when you're twenty-four, and I'm not even like legal to get into the club yet." Like, what, am I going to, like, go... Is it just going to be, like, what, downwards? Like, like, oh, I'm 24, I'm over the hill. It's, like, fucking, like, you are an insecure... Uh, worry about that shit, like, later. Like, mm. after 35 or 40 or something like that, you know, like... Your problem isn't your age. Your problem is that you're only 24 and you're already a fucking loser. Yeah. <laughs> they were losers. <laughs> like, yeah, completely. Or this thing where it's, like, ooh, and it's, like, weird. it's weird. They have the obsession with youth and lots of things. And it's interesting how people, like... I know it's interesting people disappear as they get older as well like there's we do have a, a, a culture obsessed very heavily with youth and I think that's important to note but I also noticed that I feel a lot like that we also have a culture that is very atomized and individualistic and the thing is that um that uh I think that as you get older, the way that you stay relevant or within vision is by giving back to younger people and sharing your experience kind of thing. But we don't really have so many platforms so much for that. Like I don't worry about an art as an artist about growing older because I know that there will be platforms for me to engage back in that sort of sense. But I also will understand that I will not be, you know, that I will share my perspective and experience of what's happening. I will not be so much within what's happening. When you're younger, you're really within what's happening as well like you don't have this perspective and I think this also when you're within what's happening I think it's interesting being non-binary and, and clothing and all of these things and stuff like that if you don't feel comfortable in yourself it doesn't really matter what you're going to wear because there will always be something that causes a problem and one way that you you'll feel good wearing something in one context and then you'll be in another context and you'll be like oh my god this thing is awful for me and all of this stuff and it'll come down and it's like you need that it's the problem is not the clothing, basically, within that sort of sense. I think that, you know, it's important to take affirming action and all these things and stuff. But also it's just kind of like there is this sense of of uh, comfort that you and connection you need to find with yourself. And that's what I'm noticing with myself as well, like that I don't generally operate from that place kind of thing. And so it means that everything can seem like a problem or becomes a problem because I've not really been very connected to sort of like the true motivations that I have in a certain sense. But the, what's nice is that as I have grown more mature, that's not as much of a problem for me now in terms of the consequences of 
actions. Like I've stopped the, I stopped, I've now sort of, I've stopped a lot of the consequences from affecting my life. And the part that's been why I went sober as well, because there was just all this chaos like spilling out. So like, and to, you know, just to find that, that sense of place or something, which all of that sort of like had a very tangential interwoven uh, relation to each other. But what I'm trying to say is that I really wish that I'd been a proper goth when I was a teenager because I was only ever goth adjacent and now I feel that I'm also going to be goth adjacent for the rest of my life. I'd never be able to like fully dive into like just painting my face white with upside down crucifixes coming from my eyes on a daily basis. And I wish I'd done that at one point. <laughs> fair call, fair call. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think yeah. like, I might like, <clears throat> I was having lots of thoughts as you were thinking which is usually what happens. Um, uh, but um, I thought, like, because I feel better now. I feel I'm, I'm really enjoying the process of aging. Because, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, you know, like, and of course there are, so there are some things that we're, like, nice about. Yeah, like, when you're, like, when you're in your early 20s mm-hmm. and you're, like, starting out with drag or whatever, I feel like there's also just being, like, a, a younger, I guess, I still can't, count in some ways as an emerging artist but like <laughs> when you when you are an emerging artist like it's it's exciting because you play around with stuff you have a lot of energy um and like Wait. it feels like you can bring something new to the table yeah um you're an emerging artist in a very established field which is like theater do you know what i mean it's like you've already mm-hmm. you've emerged through one whole set of yeah art, which is like, yeah so i'm no longer yeah. an emo- i'm like an, i'm an established drag performer yeah um but like i'm an emerging choreographer uh, still um and um but like so but i notice like as you get older like i feel less of an impulse to come up with things that are like novel or like you know like uh, stuff like this and just like focus on getting better at things that i'm that i'm good at and like mm-hmm. and not being and not sort of working myself like into the ground for no money anymore so like you know i i, I really enjoy that process because um i give myself a bit more time i think maybe i come up with some less exciting stuff uh, mm. sometimes but what I come up with is in general like of a higher standard um, and um, so um, but like th- I was thinking so you know there's like good and bad stuff about like you know the differences between being a 34 year old drag queen and like a 21 year old one um, but like because I also just I lack energy in a way that I did yeah. 10 years ago. So like I can't do the things that I used to do anymore. Um, but but at the same time, I was thinking like, what are the things that I was worried about when I was younger? And when I was younger, I was really worried that when I got older, that I would cease being um, attractive. Um, mm. Not that I felt attractive at the time. I felt like I felt like um, like. Uh, if a bad hair day had acne and and body dysmorphia and gender dysphoria, I'd feel like that. Like I felt, I felt terrible um, about myself, um, but I was terrified because I was like, but what I have is youth. And then when this <laughs> is gone from me, when I'm no longer this like nubile, like, um, like barely legal, <laughs> yeah. um, like whatever, then that's the last thing that I'll have. Um, and what's, I f- what I found really nice about getting older was like 
that actually you like it's possible to feel much better about yourself so as like i notice parts of my body aging like mm-hmm. um like that's happened in sync with me having a much healthier relationship to my body um and also being able to focus on the importance of things other than being attractive to whoever you know mm. that like like my center of gravity has moved more towards me than towards like external validation and i i hope i think and hope that that's a process that continues as i got older yeah. and as a result like i'm just having a much more fulfilling sex life and yeah. like and human relationships so like if i think about the things that i was afraid of when i was a kid which was when i was younger uh, i think this is such a gay thing as well like um that like not that you know like it's also i think sounds pretty similar to what straight women um experience but like it's my experience of this is like with like in the gay gay male culture like is that yeah you're like also because i experienced so much sexual violence from older men when i was younger in australia Mm, um yeah and i don't experience that here but i went back to australia again um at the start of last year and because I was never attracted to older men when I was in Australia. Mm. And after a couple of years here, that started to change. Um, and now mm. I very much am. Like, it's uh, like, yeah, I, I think I'm very often. I don't know. But like, that has changed a lot. And then I thought that was kind of, you know, I thought maybe I was like, you know, that was some unhealthy sort of like, um, like ageism in my like in beauty standards or something like this. And then I realized I went back to Australia and I went to one bar, which is like frequented by like a, like an older crowd. And I had two different guys grab my ass and the way that people were looking at me and stuff. It was like, I, I remembered this feeling of like feeling yeah. afraid when I was younger. Cause I, mm. I had like guys try and follow me into cute toilet stores. I slammed a toilet door on like a guy as he was trying to come in uh, yeah. to, uh, to me once. I remember this like, hitting people and stuff to get them off me. Like it was oh like God. literally, yeah. yeah. And this was in bars, you know, and this is like not, a, not counting like more serious stuff. Um, so like um, this, I was, I guess also I kind of internalized this thing of like, when you're younger, you're like this pretty desirable, vulnerable thing. And mm. then when you get older, then you're going to become like this lecherous man in the, in the corner of the bar who's going oh to be violent, like <clears throat> violent to people or something. I think as I say this, I'm like, I think this was a narrative that I kind of internalized. And it's just so nice to grow older and um, to just be a depressed transvestite instead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, like, I, I say that to be funny, but like, as in um, what I was afraid of when I was younger is blissfully so far away from my experience yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also great. I also think, I mean, like, I used to say that I was looking forward to getting older so I could, so the wrinkles would let me frown deeper. Because, like, I'm obviously <laughs> obsessed with the grotesque. Now I'm getting wrinkles, I'm like, mm, I'm not so sure about that anymore. But, like, um, and you've just given in fully to the Botox scenario, so... I haven't given in. I have embraced the empowering uh, properties <laughs> of um of localized intentional paralysis and tonight we will light a candle for olympia bukakis our lady of the needles (laughs) oh my god needles have been a big thing in my life story you know Ah! olympia you're just too much (laughs) so you know some would say i was greeted with a needle as i entered the world and uh and and I I will have needles injected into my face until I'm eased out of it, still looking 
See, so this is also the thing. Like, because yeah. I sit, like, my body is aging, but I do, I have arrested the, the, the visible signs of that in one part of my body. I love that. I, I want, love that. Yeah, I want I want a whole performance art movie theatrical process of like you narrating uh, the the relationship your parents have with needles and how that formed the world you're going whilst there's like close ups of you like having needles stuck into your face and like undergoing like the full process over mul- That's a time lapse. That's such a good idea. That's yeah. such a good idea. Oh my God, yeah, 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 yeah. And just like this action of, and like the needle and talking about penetration. There's so much stuff about penetration. and like, Because I, because I, 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 bottoming <clears throat> is just, I, I can't really bottom. And like, and I, I <gasps> maybe that has something to do with the needles. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And when uh, you said you didn't like Halloween, I did ask initially who hurt you. And so maybe it's all connected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't I answer that it was me? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So, no, okay. What? Okay. So also, because I was like, I, horror, like, surely you've got to, you don't like Halloween, you've got to like scary horror movies. And I already knew which horror movie was going to be your favourite before you said it. And you said... The Witch. Obviously. And your favourite book is Caliban and the... Caliban and the Witch. That's not my um, favourite book, but it's, yeah. it's the one I do like. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm being facetious. And you kind of are a bit of a... Which, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I was like, I did spells and stuff when I was a teenager. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. What spells did you do? Uh, one I actually <laughs> won't mention on the podcast. Ooh, the magic it, keeps its secrets. But like, okay, so I did one, right. And it was like a love spell. Um, and uh, like part of it was that I had to go for a walk. Um uh and then if i met this um and then i would meet on the third day i would meet someone that i would love or something oh i was so lonely and um (laughs) but um it's okay because now i'm lonely and famous (laughs) 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 you you got me i'm gonna i'm gonna press my hand to the zoom screen now and you can feel me oh yeah yeah. i think that, that 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 has about the intimate sort of like the, the, the intimate validation when someone, when you do a performance about being really lonely and some twink comes up and goes, oh my God, you're amazing. I love you. Like that, that I felt about as warm from your Zoom touch just then as, as you do, do from getting fangirled when you're really sad. <laughs> okay, so... Um, because <laughs> so, you know, they do that like you, and you've like, done a lot of sad performances yeah 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 because i've been sad for quite like i was quite sad for a number of years but then i would do and then them, i got and antidepressants then... and botox and baby alice living yeah and now i'm not sad and even if i was you couldn't tell <laughs> you think I can <laughs> yeah, i've sacrificed i yes i have i yeah <laughs> wait like you've like literally lost five lip syncs from your repertoire through uh, not being able to move the skin around your eyes but the thing is i have such expressive and big eyes that actually it doesn't make such a big difference because <laughs> all yeah. the skin around it is like bald anyway i don't even have eyebrows so um but um, you know, I have like come... butthole eyes. They're like brown and small and squinty, and sexy. Wow! <laughs> you, yeah, yeah you, you have eyes that are begging to be penetrated. <laughs> oh my god! Stab me in the eyes right now! I mean, yeah. <laughs> but oh yeah, so I was going for a walk, um, uh, and on the third day, I deviated from the ritual and I didn't do it the way I was supposed to, mm. um, and then I 
bumped into a guy from school that I had a crush on. Yeah. Um, and he, I would have bumped into him if at the right spot, if um, uh, if I had done the walk oh properly, because it was like I was like a block away or something, and he had just come from there or something. And then I was convinced, like I was like, oh, something would have happened. But um, but um, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, I think this was like this was something I grew out of. Yeah. I'm I'm actually only going out of my magic phase uh, now <laughs> because I was expo- doing a, basically when I was very lonely in Norfolk for a while. Uh, the only me- the way that I I basically use chaos magic to move to Berlin. Like and then now I have like a practice which means I live between UK and Germany or like effectively, which is I live in Germany and I work in the UK. But like in that sort of sense, and it was very funny though because I uh, one of the I wanted to do this thing, but one of the express goals was to live and work it to move so I could live and work in the same city. And then I moved and then I never traveled more in my entire life. Yeah. So there's lots of things. And With another... chaos magic, is, does it, is it supposed to achieve like a, a like a shotgun blast? <laughs> like, so you're like, I want this. And then you send the shotgun blast of intention and then you get a whole bunch of holes everywhere. Yes, basically. And another example <laughs> is you've got to be really careful. It's, there's there's actually ways in which it's sort of, it's, the, it's to do with the idea of like, it's called magic because it's, it's if you do a certain set of things, a certain set of changes occur because of various multifaceted different ways in which intention and vibration and our human experience interacts with the various like energetic fields, which we don't know so much about. And there have been rudimentary engagements for a long time. But like, like with this thing where it's like the uh, one time, um, I was there's a certain symbol I was engaged with and I graffitied three of them in a very strange in a spot in a city where I was doing residency and we had to then as part of the residency we had to go and find an object and I was late that day so I ended up just going back to the spot I found a girl there and had the strangest conversation she had come there three days in a row and she said every day three exactly since I'd done the thing she said every single day I have come here and every single day some completely bizarre thing has happened to me and exactly at the spot and like one of the I was one of them was me turning up and I asked her to an object. She gave uh, <clears throat> asking her for an object. The day before that, something else really strange. And the day before that, in the, in the middle day, what happened is it was in Venice and a man had turned up on a boat and given her a stuffed toy dolphin. <laughs> wow! And then I turned up and I spoke to her. I said, "Well, three days ago I did this thing." And then she was like, "I was like, can you give me an object?" And she gave me she gave me a green pen. I feel like she kind of killed... Oh, wait, because you're green. That's interesting. Yes, but I wasn't even painted green at the time. It was this green mark-making device. It was bizarre. Yes. Yeah, and there was another time... Because I was like, that's boring. I think she ruined the streak. But actually, that is still interesting. No, completely. And then I used it. I used it when it was was like an ongoing uh, uh, writing thing and stuff. And another time as well, I was like... um, I basically was supposed to get laid that night. And I was like, I want to get laid. And... um, and I was going to an LGBT event. Uh, it was in Norwich. I was going to the LGBT event at uh, the UEA. And I went to the uh, place. And I had a little... And I was had this period of my life where I was working really intimately with, like, ladybirds. Like, ladybirds would appear in my house. And I would read tarot on the, uh, from the number of spots that were on the ladybirds. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that is... It's, if there was someone was like doing a cartoon caricature of you, that's what they'd have it doing. 
<laughs> I was like, the ladybird means this. It's fucking weird, man. The ladybird started turning it like, uh, like I, had, I was in the spot. I was sitting in as well. And then I was doing it. It was really weird. I was doing like a 22 days of the tarot thing where you like spend 22 days in meditation. And on the, the day of the high priestess, which is this like indoctrination to the mysteries, I woke up and every single window of my house was covered in ladybirds. Like there was like, I went and counted. There was like, there were like, there was like, uh, like 70 ladybirds or something like that around. It was just everywhere. It was absolutely unbelievable. It was like really hectic. So the ladybirds became like a really big part. And so I cut out this ladybird from a piece of fabric that I had. I had six dots on it for the lovers or something. And I was like, I want to get laid. And then so, and I, want, I was like, I want to get laid. So I pinned it. I got the intention with the with this thing that represented uh, this intention. I pinned it to my, above my heart and I set it out. And I went to this event and nothing really happened. And I was like, oh, well, I was there getting the bus home. And then I got a phone call from someone uh, who I knew. And then, um, and uh, who I used to have sex with. And then I went over to go and see them. And um, it was completely like, and then we ended up having sex basically. Like, but like we didn't, it's, we didn't like, and it was a thing, but it was quite unexpected. And it didn't go very well, basically. And it was kind of like afterwards, I was like, wow, I got exactly what I wanted. Like what I, exactly what I said I wanted is what I got. But I actually, now that I've got it, I didn't want it in this way. I didn't know how I wanted it kind of thing, but that's it. And so it's really interesting because when you set intentions for these things, like you're like, right, I want to find love. I'm going to do this walk every day for three days and do it. And then you would have like bumped into someone exactly in the right place or something like that. But there's... It's basically, it's it's labelling theory, more or less. You're creating a script for your life. We have negative scripts. So, I'm a victim, I'm this, things are always difficult for me, all of this stuff. And then we, we, we set out to fulfil them mm-hmm. as well, like in certain senses. Like, that's not, that's not to say, you know, and that's, well, you talk about this with um, your workshop on street harassment. Yeah. As yeah. well, like, if you've been harassed before, you... You understand, you've internalized this, you give out signals and people can pick up on that. So there's ways to manipulate this so that you avoid getting the harassed personally. Obviously someone else gets harassed, so like it doesn't sort of thing. But you know, it's just these things, there's, there's things you can do. So it's like labeling theory where you, you can flip the script. So you have a negative script about your life, you can flip to a positive one. I felt that I was living in Norwich and I was going nowhere and stuff like that. And I was like, I want to flip the script. I want to be something that's Berlin. I, I set out to do this in various ways. Um, but what I find is that with this process, you're still just trying to control or manipulate things. And it's a binary between good scripts and bad scripts. And the situation is actually the, is really to abandon the scripts altogether and be able to just be completely present in the moment that you're in. And that allows you to see so many more things than you ever could have before. And that that's really, and that being present allows other magical things to happen as well, just between people. And it allows you to respond to what's happening. So like, rather than sort of like blindly focusing on what you wish was happening, uh, it allows you to, um, uh, to, to respond and make the most of like things that are possible. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 So I th- like, I think that's a really, really good point. You know, I always, whenever I'm feeling lonely, uh, <laughs> if I remember, it's really helpful. I'm just going to light a, ca- oh my God, Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <And> I'm, I'm- <laughs> I'm lighting, I'm lighting a series of candles on a black candelabra. Yeah, <laughs> so, like a three-inch so, long match. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, you know the song by Björk, um, All is Full of Love? 
Um, It's like, it's actually like, I think it's quite helpful. I think it's a very um, insightful approach uh, to love, especially this line, which is like, um, you'll be given love, maybe not from the um, sources you, why is it? Maybe from, maybe not from the direction you're staring at. You know, it's like, basically you're going to be given some form of love. Um, Mm. And like um, that may not, and probably will not be from like, uh, always from, uh, the person, like the direction that you're looking at or the person that you want that love from, but you will be given it from someone. And I think there's a lot of like happiness to be found in being able to appreciate what you actually, like what love you are given. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. think so, so often, like we feel so lonely or, 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 or shit. Um, uh, but like, uh, and uh, like take every chance that, I think it's a very queer thing mm. and also an everyone thing, but I experience it through queerness. Like, um, of like feeling like the all of life is a test and proof of like your inadequacy <laughs> in some way, but like it's not, you know, yeah. like everyone thinks, you know, like everyone who has this like depression or like low self-esteem or whatever has this feeling that like, it's a very narcissistic position actually, that mm. everything is about one's own uh, inadequacy. Well, because it um, means everything is about you fundamentally. Exactly. And so you might be shit, but at least everything's about how shit you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's it's also what it is as well is that then is that you it's there's this meme. It's like Bart Simpson. It's a Bart Simpson meme. It's like saying I have two moods, and it's Bart Simpson like smashing two pans together and then lying in bed crying. Yeah. And so yeah, it's like, totally. I'm literally is like because the thing is you're like I'm like so bad. Like, oh my god, everything was. And then the flip side is you'll also often have feelings of being like I am so much fucking better than everyone else. I know everything. This is a they, the this is a good set of memes. I love yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then what it is is like basically if you are feeling like you are number one, who is this everyone? You know. Yeah. And then yeah. and so so say you feel. Uh, six points better than everyone well later on you're going to feel six points worse than everyone if you feel 600 points better i know whatever if you could be completely arbitrary it's this thing but it's this thing that when i was really depressed earlier this year it was so incredibly narcissistic like it was so like it was so narcissistic i couldn't think Mm. about anything other than myself and it was Mm. so boring you know because it's like i'm only one person you know and so every person is like pretty complex um so like Getting to think about people other than yourself is just like, it's one of the most relieving things about coming out of a depression. Yeah. Um, Totally. Yeah. It's also thinking about other people is actually a way that you can get out of it as well. Like, and this is why lots of people actually would rather focus on other people's problems than their own. Like, you know how cleaning someone else's house is much nicer than cleaning your own. Actually, I prefer mine, but yeah. Okay, yeah. No, okay, yeah. (laughs) No, but there's like things, we often do this, but it's like, it's one of these things that basically like, when you're just kind of like, I know, sometimes when I'm like really fucking like uh, sad and stressed in the city and then someone asks me for change and I know that I have it, I really take the second to stop, reach in and like get out like a euro or two or something like that and be like, and just like give it to the person and be like, I really don't have it that bad. And I do this thing and this is not a big thing to me and this is a big thing to this other person as well. So it's like I could do mm-hmm. something for them and it recenter. It's like a good way of like grounding yourself like in... Uh, and also just doing things for your friends or for other things as well like just taking the time to do that it it forces you to get out of this navel gazing position yeah totally as well totally yeah oh my god i was i was so happy today mm. um i was on the tra- uh, on the uban and the woman who sings my heart will go on <gasps> got on the uban 
And like whenever whenever she gets on, it's just like she, she's such a good omen. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, there's this woman in Berlin. Um, Lighting your candles, reading your omen. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I guess I am a lot more into esoteric stuff than I allow myself, to, than I admit to myself. But um, she she has uh, like a, a wheeling like amp like thing, like a speaker um, and, and microphone. And she gets on the U-Bahn and she sings, My Heart Will Go On. And... Um, and like every, every time you see her, she remembers and forgets different words. Um, and oh like, my God. And what? She, she and sings it all the time. Wait, what? She, oh my God. Yeah. 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 She's, but she's like, but, and it's because she's so given to the spirit of it. Like it's so uplifting. Um, mm. and, uh, she's just, and then she's just got such a beautiful, like beautiful presence. And it's just, when she when she comes on the train, like I like I I, I was because I was going to a cello lesson, so I was wrapped around my cello, basically. <laughs> and then she got on, and I just went <gasps> and leaned forward, and because I could only see her by really leaning forward into the middle of the, yeah. the thing. And there was this guy opposite me, and he was like, "What is going on?" And he looked and saw the woman was like, <laughs> like obviously found it funny that I was so excited by yeah. her, but it was just like, oh, it was such a beautiful encounter. It made ah. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You mean in the same way you're excited by the fact that I'm excited by Halloween? Um, no, 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 because because hers is a performance, whereas like <laughs> I enjoy. Well, I guess you, you yeah, you, you, you. That was also a performance. Yeah. No, hers is no, just... it an active performance. It's also it's like yeah, it's a piece of street theater. Like no, completely. Like we also... she was, she was, just, she's just, she's got such a wonderful heart. Yeah, yeah, and I it goes her. on. Yeah, and it goes on and on, on and, and on, and, and it's on the same. It's like she, it's like the same like verse or two and chorus, but like she really feels the song. Like you can feel it with her. Oh, it's yeah. brilliant. She's also she's just like she's got her groove. Like yeah. she's you know she's like these two verses and chorus of my heart will go on is all I need from life. Yeah, and it's all I yeah. need to give back to it as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And I would consistently give that. Yeah. I think she's like she's done more for like the general mood than five years of the Rot Rot Grün Senat uh, has done in Berlin of like the the Social Democrats, the leftists, and the and the Greens. Like she has done more for the city than yeah. actually any any bureaucrat has ever done. She just brings happiness every day, and I love her. She should be honored with a statue, and the statue yeah. should have built into it a small speaker that is just playing. Absolutely. Like, wow. Absolutely. There's an art piece out there I read somewhere of like some guy who like built in the desert, uh, in a desert somewhere in Africa, um, a which is a very large place, but I don't know where. The point is, is it's a speaker. It's near. It's in the Sahara. Actually, it's on the edge of the Sahara, and it's playing. It's playing Toto's Africa. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. like Africa in Africa. I have no idea who it is. And the part of the point is that the, the it plays it, and then part of the idea is that it will be covered by sand one day because it's yeah. within the path. Which I also think is kind of amazing that one day they will it will unearth this as well. But like, yeah, if they can do that, then we can do this. Yeah, totally. Is that so, I can't. I've never properly sat down because I love that song. But is it is it Probo? I don't think it is particularly probo. Like, I think it's like, it makes just so little sense. And I think I bless, that... I bless the rains down in Africa is weird, right? 
Like, yeah, like have... not, not not weird as in like problematic, but just like, but like, where, where are they from? They're American. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel it's... like Americans blessing rain in Africa is always going to be a bit confusing. Yeah, and again, it's also like, yeah, it's also, it's very like, oh, Africa's a great country. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like this yeah. kind of thing. So it's just sort of like, um, yeah. I... It's just, it is, It's. Just, I really do love this song. <laughs> Are you about to play it? I, no, I'm just looking up the lyrics. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, it's fun. Also, it was a meme and all of these things and stuff like that. But it's like, uh, I can't say that. I can't. I also like, I think going and like honoring it with a perpetual installation that's playing it uh, of some kind, like installing the infrastructure for that, etc. of all these things. Um, What's your favourite scary movie? Oh my God. What is my favourite scary movie? Oh... <laughs> Oh my god, who is she who's just come out? Oh my god. It's, <laughs> it's my alter ego, which is a pumpkin. Like, every year for Halloween, I love to just dress up as a fucking pumpkin. Do, so you go full pumpkin? I'm literally yeah. wearing an orange t-shirt right now. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. just like, that's how fucking festive I feel. Like, I think it's a pumpkin. I think it's funny. I love that it's funny. It's stupid. It's festive. It's seasonal. It requires no thought. Everyone gets it. And then, because the thing is, is that Anything that you do, like any kind of interpretation that you make of a pumpkin will be so much more interesting than a pumpkin. It will always come off well. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> like one time I dressed up as a Starbucks cup and I just got loads of Starbucks cups from um, loads of different uh, like cafes and just stuck them into a fan headpiece and then stuck them all across my tits and then just did drag and I paint myself purple for no reason. <laughs> and it went down swimmingly. Great. Yeah. Unpo- maybe like unpopular opinion i just had a frappuccino or frappe yeah. or frappuccino capo frappuccino a capo um, frappuccino from starbucks in bremen on the weekend yeah. and it was amazing oh that is an unpopular opinion was it really good yeah. i loved it it was I like have... chocolate and coffee and like slushy ice with cream on top and it was just fantastic oh my god oh my god oh my god i want to get i would I... never get a real coffee from starbucks because like gross yeah um but that was fine. Oh, but what, what? So, what is your what is your favorite scary movie? It's funny. I haven't watched any scary movies in a long time, actually. So, but I think that what's quite funny is that I like to think of my favorite Christmas movies and then just name Halloween movies for it. So that I normally do it that way around. So, like, mm-hmm. like with the number one example of which is Gremlins, uh, mm-hmm. which is very mm-hmm. like all these like horrible movies. Very obviously a Halloween movie, but it just happens to be set at Christmas, which like. Uh, it's ridiculous. So, what is my favorite? Someone else asked me this, and I used to watch those of scary movies, and I haven't like watched them in a while. I quite like, um, I love, uh, but I love horror movies that have like really elegant, like horrific twists in them. So, I haven't yet watched Midsummer or Hereditary, but I've heard really good reviews about them. I've heard they're both really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, also, it was what I love, 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 love the Elvira movie. Um, I haven't watched it. Do you know who Elvira is? A les. Elvira. Yeah, she's a lesbian. Did you hear that? She came no. out. <gasps> yeah. she's you're been in a, yeah, you're she's, kidding me. What? She's she's well, I'm not sure if she's a lesbian, but she's been in a relationship with a woman for 19 years. She's oh. been gay this entire time. Oh my god. Oh my the, god. The lesbianism was coming from inside the house. <laughs> Elvira is a lesbian. Elvira, icon, 70 reveals she is a lesbian in new memoir. But then also, 
Um, oh my God, that was on a that was a Daily Mail headline I just read out. So uh, cancel me already. But um, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Of course. Well, it's great. Okay. So the thing is, right, is that um, that oh, okay. So I used to have a real thing. Like the reason why I can't remember it is because I used to have like some really um. Oh, I used to love just watch. At one point in my life, I just watched loads of really old school Vincent Price movies. So anything with Vincent Price, I don't know if you, Vincent Price is a really, he's a very old school English, like um, horror movie uh, actor. Mm-hmm. And he had a very uh, particular way of uh, talking as well. Like, and then um, also so, uh, Chris like with, with, a, with a lisp. Yeah, like no, like no, it'd be like a very, like a very, very, very particular way of talking about these things, and then it was like it's strange. And then so, like, uh, and one that I love as well is a really old school one called the Tomb of Ligeria, uh, Ligeria, mm-hmm. which um I went to because it was uh it was set in Norfolk. It's an Edgar Allan um. Poe one. I was filmed at an Abbey in Norfolk where you could go. I was really ill at one point, and something was recommended to me. It was raw milk, like milk that is unprocessed. And, okay. And it worked, actually. It worked. It really managed to, like, uh, at the point in time, like, I, I needed it. And so I got my mum, and I was like, where the fuck? I was like, well, I was in Norfolk. I was like, there's all these fucking farms, and there's got to be a place that you can buy it. And um, the place that you... I got my mum to drive me, like, an hour and a half out to go and get this raw milk from a vending machine that was at this abbey, ancient abbey, that was the set of the tomb of Ligeria. <laughs> Wow. And so I did it and I, and I got like my my good health gut milk and then I ran round pretending I was like an Edgar Allan Poe babe like in there who gets turned into a cat or something like that's great so the thing is and then okay so that like there's those really oh, fun old school ones and then also I, I do like the witch finder but it's also quite a misogynistic one in the end so um but then uh I think that you should just settle on Gremlins I Gremlins think that is Gremlins good. is your favourite scary movie I think it's also, it's kind of like, no, it's kind of fun. Also, like, there's another one I really like called Cthulhu, or Thulu. And mm. it's an it's a gay movie, but it's not made by a gay person. And it's about, like, it's a version, it's real trash. It's super duper B-movie trash. And uh, it's about, like, uh, a dude who's gay who has to go back to his, like, um, hometown but for some for the death of his mother. And his father is the head of a cult of fish people. And he wants to like bring the son back to then get him him to mate with one of the people who gives birth to like fishes. And what I like about that is it portrays heterosexuality as a fish person uh, cult of like sexual like heterosexuality is the perverse sexual position here, which is great. Um, Yeah. 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 Like like heterosexuality like heterosexuals are the eldritch horror that lurks beneath like. Uh, like beneath the waves or something like that. Literally, literally, the elderly horrors of heterosexuality. You said movie, but this sounds very much like a documentary. (laughs) This sounds sounds like this is in the true crime section. (laughs) Oh, and right at the end, like society breaks down and there's this like completely nonsensical scene where they just have like someone, someone like runs across the road shooting like a semi-automatic into the air, which just sounds like what America is right now. Yeah, yeah, that's straight people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, so Cthulhu... when they let their fishy mask slip. Oh my god, when they let their fish mask slip, that's me. <laughs> Do you remember there's an episode of uh, uh, South Park where the Fab Five, the original Fab Five from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? Oh my um, god, they um, they like turn everyone into metrosexuals, and there are metrosexual pride parades, 
Um, and they were, they're chanting, we're here, we're not queer, but we're close, get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really funny. But then it turns out that the Fab Five are actually crab people who have like oh my God. come up to the... Who oh, I have seen this. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. come to the surface of the earth to get turn everyone into metrosexuals. So they're all too, too much pussies to uh, defend the earth against the crab people invasion. And the crab people chant this chant, which is crab people, crab people, <laughs> taste like crab, talk like people. <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. See, the thing it's is, so funny. But what they don't see, what you, like gay, like metrosexuals, maybe not. But the thing is though, gay people have ample experience of dealing with crabs. Okay, so that was not well thought out. This is funny because actually I've only had crabs once. I never had it. Never See, had it. But I, I don't just, know many people who has. I think that like crabs are not the biggest um, the biggest uh, problem that we have. No, absolutely not. Like... It's those fishy straight people. It's the fishy straight it is the fishy straight <laughs> people. The hard shell crab is our friend in our struggle yeah. against the fishy straight people. So, great. so well, there's also another another good thing as well. Is like, oh, there's also a really uh, there is a um, what people many people don't know is there is a sequel to the Elvira movie, and it's got Elvira and Richard O'Brien who from the Rocky Horror Picture Show in it together, and it's actually like and it starts off just as a really campy thing, but the last twenty minutes is fucking hectic because they actually are both massive horror boffs and they've made like uh, 20 references or like uh, within that and stuff like that. And it actually has a genuine horror ending in which everything suddenly like twists around, turns upside down. You have no idea which way the narrative is going. So I'd say actually one of my favorite scary movies is Elvira uh, Elvira's, Elvira 2, Elvira's Haunted Hills mm-hmm. with Richard Amazing. O'Brien and Elvira in it. What's your favorite spooky creature? Oh, what is my favorite spooky creature? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Dear listeners, she's rubbing her nipples. I, I yeah, <laughs> all six of them. <laughs> I think it is. That is quite a difficult one. I have certain like there's certain ones. Oh, oh god, it is. Oh, uh, so like spooky creature. I quite like the idea of like. I don't know, something kind of a bit sort of like what normally I'm quite normally I would be like ogre or goblin, but at the moment I'm quite feeling like disembodied spirits as well. Sort of like like I sort of want to say something like a will of the wisp or sort of like a uh, also kind of like oh I think one of my I was oh, the, Will yeah. of the Wisp is that like that that's uh the, the bog lights that you see, right? Yeah, I feel like a, a bog kind of spirit is what I'm feeling. So there's also like within that there's also like I quite like the idea of a banshee as well. And like I I had the experience with the banshee and I think that's very interesting. But I think it's probably one that I want to get into or like I really feel quite good as a as a half Scottish person, a, a Celtic connection to, I think, is like the Sheila gig. Sheila gig. Sheila na gig. Do you what know this? No. There, there's a song by PJ Harvey called Sheila na gig. Mm-hmm. It's like Sheila na gig. Sheila na gig. Like that's the tune exactly mm-hmm. verbatim. And the Sheila na gig is a a grotesque carving that is on um, Irish churches, and it's of a woman. It's a woman with a huge face going, Ugh. and then she spread her legs as she's reaching down and she's pulling open her vagina. Mm-hmm. And it's to scare do. off evil spirits with the with a with a with a vulva. Yeah, yeah, I've read about this. Okay, so yeah. and she and there's she... a PJ Harvey song called Sheila and a Gig. Great, because I identify with the banshee. I I really like you the like banshee. banshee. Yeah, because yeah, oh. she's just fucking screaming, you know. 
Can you imagine if we like die and continue this podcast as Duke's Banshees? Absolutely. <laughs> we just turn up to people, all the people who listen to us in life, we turn up to their houses after death and wail at their window. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and it's just like us wail laughing at each other's jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah. I think this podcast would be better from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> well, I don't know. I- I'm not, I'm, I, I just produce it. So maybe, maybe listeners, you can let us know if you think yeah. that this podcast would be better from beyond the grave. Well, one day we will be dead and then this will still be out there. Just embodied inside, I suppose. You know, once one of the, one of the big uh, symptoms that I noticed once I started taking antidepressants was that every time someone mentioned death, I wouldn't make a dark joke about how I, how I wanted it. <laughs> because so, so, i still feel the impulse because so it's like one day we'll be dead and, and, and like um you know i'll make some joke like oh it's taking its time or something like that but wow. since i started taking antidepressants yeah. i i literally not consciously i just stopped making those jokes. oh my gosh that's so funny like yeah <laughs> it's because i also think that i think there's something about uh uh like Dark humor well, is one of these things where, like, as well, is that also the thing is, is that uh, by making a dark joke about death, you're intrinsically reaffirming the fact that you're alive. Because you're yeah. just, like, responding to it in this sort of way and stuff like that. So Because actually... dead people are quite humorless. <laughs> you could call them stiff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say they leave you feeling rather cold. Oh, my God. Olympia, these jokes are putting me six feet under. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favourite, like, worm ears that comes back to me is when there was, like, we were in that tattoo shop doing a performance together. I've Mm. mentioned this before on the podcast, and there was someone who had, like, necrotic erotic tattooed on them. And I was, like, I I was, like, but I thought it was erotic, erotic. Mm-hmm. And, um, or I thought it was necrotic, necrotic. And they were like, no, necrotic, erotic. And I was like, oh no, I thought you meant like Madonna. And then you turned around and went like, what? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> you told me. Yeah. Like necrotic. I, I don't remember saying it, but you told me. Yeah. Oh my God, you went necrotic, necrotic. Put your hands all into my coffin. But that's the thing. So a lot of people say they want an open casket funeral so people can have one last look at them. But I want an open casket funeral so people can have one last feel. Feel. Do you also remember when you said like, oh yeah, I have no plans uh, for, my, for my funeral. Oh, apart from the fact that I would like to have my body suspended on a, a marionette corresponding to each person's napkin. So as they cry, I perform out one last ghastly democratically orchestrated number. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, my, that plan has not changed. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I think I know what we need to do for Halloween. We just need to, like, fulfill that now. Like, <laughs> like kill me. <laughs> no, it's more of, like, an ode to... Okay, so we can rehearse. I'll just practice relaxing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you reckon yeah. you can rehearse for death by just getting really relaxed? Oh, my God. There is something about rehearsals for death that I vaguely remember that I'm not sure about. But I, like, there's some, like, spiritual practice. But I prefer the idea of, like, going somewhere and lying in a coffin for a while. I did that. It was great. Um, oh my god! Wait. <laughs> I did a I did a residency on like uh, death and loss, and I went and this laid... is such a. But I'm okay. I'm def, I'm officially really jealous of this residency now because yeah, I know you mentioned other cool. things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I lay uh, like so that this guy is like a, an undertaker or like a funeral home director, 
and he uh, and he had a coffin and it was lined with like straw and cotton over the straw like it was like a very sort of like a bio coffin mm. um and i lay inside the coffin for a while and then um thought for a moment and then looked up at him and said i can do this <laughs> Because it's like the coffin is a scary place, right? And I like I, I like I was claustro- I'm still a bit claustrophobic, so I was no. scared of being buried. But then I got in the coffin. And I was like, it's kind of comfortable, and you know, like in some ways, life is really tiring. So I'm actually really enjoying it. But you know, it's also nice that it doesn't go forever. Um, and yeah. if this is the end of it, actually, I think I can manage that. I mean, you're in yeah. a space in your house. You could just get one for like it's sort of like having a sensory deprivation tank in the house. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I need a coffin in the house. I already feel like I come across as a bit weird. You could have like, you suppose there's a piece of glass over the top of it, have it as a coffee table. Yeah, I'm just, I don't think that would make me seem less weird. I think that uh, that ship has sailed. Just because, <laughs> just because the ship has sailed doesn't mean I need to like conjure a storm to blow into it. <laughs> to blow it even further in the direction that it's going. But then it? you can just like, this, I want you to just give in to just being like that siren on the rocks with the long hair, which is what you dreamt about last night anyway. So you're basically there. Just yeah, like... I don't have long hair. That's the problem. You if have... I had long hair, I would buy a coffin. You, okay, you have the ability to buy a coffin and long hair. Okay, so <laughs> that feels like an excuse. I can't buy long hair because I want my own long hair. It's a wig. Just get a wig. Just get a good ass yeah. wig. Yeah, it's true. I need to get a good wig. See, this is this is literally how little you wear wigs. I so say you can just buy hair, and then you didn't realize I was talking about wig straight off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of just like okay, so I think that just just also uh, like Halloween is a time when like many people do drag for the first time, and it's like a, it's like yeah, that way of I like think that's maybe why I don't like it. Yeah, no, that's also. No. I mean, I, I I I kind of love people. I prefer people doing drag for the first time who are genuinely interested in doing it, not like posing as doing. Oh it. yeah, no. So like every time, like so from the two year period between when someone is has done their third gig. Yeah. And then until two years after that, that's the part I'm not so interested in. Yeah, yeah. But like the the first three, amazing, love it. Yeah. Um, and then two years after that third one, like then um, I'm just entirely making this up. I'm, you know, I'm no, like, completely. But it's right. It's no, it's right. It's like it's like yeah, you do you go go for it. Really do this thing and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's this really annoying like it's also it's like typically the the okay. So I did it. I saw loads of other people do it. Like the night I was wearing, like it happened loads of times. Like first performance number, amazing. You know, it's like yeah, like yeah. First... And then it's like everyone oh. after that for like two years is just shit. Yeah, second performance number, crash kind of thing. And you just kind of need to do it. You need to, and yeah. as you're going through it, you're exploring loads of things, you try a bunch of different things, a bunch of things fail, you have to like carry on doing it as well, like just in a certain way. You also, you get like, you have to like learn how to negotiate like sycophants and, and people who are like, uh, people who want to like praise you to praise themselves, but the, in that doing so will actually keep you in the same place. You know? Yeah, I guess. And you've got to think It's been like, so long since I engaged with drag culture. Yeah, yeah, but it's also it's like as an early performer as well. You know, it's like doing like being like right. What what is you know learning how to negotiate your own ego around what you're doing as well. Oh and god, put that to the side. Yeah, yeah. and that takes yeah. a while. It takes like two years. Yeah, or right. longer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we're coming to the end of our time together. Mm. 
Well, any final thoughts on Halloween or oh. spooky, spooky things? I love Halloween and spooky things. And I love all the dumb Halloween gifts that people put on the internet. And I think that it's, uh, I think that fundamentally um, we live in a deeply warped and horrendous society that only vaguely comes close to even acknowledging any kind of uh, these things around October 31st, when the walls between this world and the next are thinnest. Ah. And as someone who in their 30s has decided to explore a certain amount of necromancy, I think that Halloween is going to become a very... <laughs> no, I'm making that up. Because oh. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in necromancy. Actually, I... Okay, no joke. Just like, okay, so actually I have fragments of a gravestone that I found and they spell out a name and I basically as well like flipped this over, lit a candle for it and like said the name, like help me clean my room and I suddenly got overtaken by this very bizarre force that helped me just suddenly do everything that I needed to do very fast with a lot of energy. And oh my I'm, god, that's so hectic! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I've taken the songs, I flipped them over. They have a couple. I mean, I, I, I washed them a lot and stuff like that. Yeah. So I have. Uh, yeah. And also as well, like I mean, look, my father's dead, but I still want some answers. So uh, necromancy feels like that. That actually, that that needs to be like the um like the family crest of this podcasters podcast. <laughs> my father's dead, but I still want some answers. I was the, and oh and God, that's why I'm into necromancy. Right, a right. podcast by Oozing Glue. Yeah, no, <laughs> No, I won't. No, what we need to do is we need like you like shots of like needles coming into your face and injecting you with like anti-aging things. Whilst I'm then also then cutting with shots of me like in a graveyard, like just digging up piles of dirt. Absolutely. That's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's, that's releasing next Halloween. Yeah. Well, because I actually said in, in a piece, uh, in a writing thing, that um, drag is a kind of camp necromancy because um, yeah. because you bring to life the words of dead divas. Oh um, my god, that's amazing. I also I also have this notion that uh, that drag is kind of a queer alchemy as well. Like it's a practice of change. You know, yeah. it's like and that that without. It is the exact same sort of alchemical principle of things changing, transforming, like just the way, and even, even like there's, because there's, there's lashes and then there's lashes, if you know what I mean, like this kind of like, like using certain dynamic things to, to move the mind and consciousness in a very uh, different set of things. And what's nice is that whilst we don't have so much of like, say, you know, this very long history, alchemical uh, history, it means that actually within this, we're very free within that as well, just to practice this change and change the the vibe of the mood so that's very exciting and i feel that then like yeah like that uh the uh i think it's very uh i think i just love campy kitsch stuff and i love horror and like halloween is the time that they just come together and i just love it when things come together well speaking of coming that has allowed us to come to the end of Uh this episode of slurry thank you very much for joining us dear listeners yes i have an important thing to say that i forgot about how how long will it take very short uh, <laughs> i should have said it at the beginning i should have told you before as well well i am doing a solo show at monster ronson's in berlin on november 7th precisely one week after halloween and uh, it's called the MF Loop Show, uh, the motherfucking Loop Show, which is just going to be what all my shit is called. And ask me what the show is about, Olympia. 
What's the show about? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have literally no clue. But it's going to be on the 7th of November at Monster Ronson's. Tickets will be on sale eventually. Like, keep, um, look on my Instagram for it. Like, if you like Slurry, uh, I'm sure you'll be at least not disappointed in this. And I also think that, like, it also as well, like, I have nothing to lose, everything to gain. I'm just going to throw as much shit at a wall as possible in this time, mm. see what sticks, and then present that. And if it just doesn't work out very well, I won't do it again. But I think it, otherwise, it could be something really, really, really bizarre. Great. I love that. Yes. Um, so everyone should go and see that. Your shows are always incredible. Um, Thank you. And uh, if you like this podcast, share it on your uh, social medias. If you want to write us an email, you can email us at slurryspeaks at gmail.com. Um, that's where you can tell us what do we want to know from the audience? Ooh. What are so, you dressing up as for Halloween? What's the scariest thing that ever happened to you? No, that's also like, what do we want yeah. to know from the audience? No, no, no. It was something that I was asking before. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, and if you want to donate to help us uh, keep this podcast going, you can do it uh, on the link in the description. It's via PayPal at olympiabukakis at gmail.com. And I think Because that I was... can't be trusted with money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's been fantastic to speak to you as uh, usual, oozing gloop and very spooky. Yeah, spooky. It's like, <laughs> it's actually wonderful to be talking with you, Olympia, because I love you. I do. He loves you more than a cartoon skeleton. Thank you very much. We'll see you next month. Bye. Bye.